You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in to this Thursday show. What a night last night in the NBA playoffs, especially the last two games. Just unbelievable. So much to talk about today. We're going to talk about all the games last night. We're going to look at some gambling sides to this. We're going to look at series prices the against the spread record so far in the NBA playoffs. And then we're going to end with a little baseball. Have you looked at the standings in Major League Baseball after basically one month of play? Very, very interesting. We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, geez, where do we begin? Uh, do we want to go in order of these games? Yeah, we might as well. The Cleveland Cavaliers, as I mentioned yesterday, one of the bigger disappointments in all of the NBA playoffs this year. I mean, they just they just didn't show up. We knew it was going to be a close series. It was a 4-5 matchup, so it's not surprising that the five-seed Knicks beat them. But surprising in the fact that they beat them in five, like twice on Cleveland's home court. Closeout game yesterday, and Cleveland was literally trailing the whole game. Like, they just, I'm not sure what happened to them. They were good in the regular season. They were one of the better home teams in the NBA in the regular season. They had Donovan Mitchell that they picked up in the offseason. He was supposed to be their offensive spark that put them over the edge and made them a serious contender in the Eastern Conference. He really did nothing this series. I mean, credit to the Knicks. But the Knicks also did that with Julius Randle going out in the second quarter and not playing the rest of the game. Just all the credit to the Knicks, but certainly Cleveland's got some head scratching right now and going to have to go back to the drawing board in the offseason because they certainly didn't expect. Like I said, five can beat a four. Not that surprising that the Knicks won the series. It's surprising how easily they won the series and how bad Cleveland looked in the series, especially offensively. Look at the scores of these five games. 101 97. 107-90, the only game they won. Then they lost 99-79, 102-93, and 106-95. They scored over 100 points once in the five games. That was the only game they won. The other five, the other four losses, 97, 79, 93, 95. You can't win in the NBA scoring under 100 points. You've seen some of these other games. It's an offensive, you know, shoot around, basically. Credit to the Knicks. But, man, Cleveland, what a huge disappointment. I can't really say I'm too stunned the Lakers lost in, uh, in Memphis last night just because... This is the first game of the series that was on two days rest. They had a hell of a game trying to come back the other night at home against Memphis. They expended a lot of energy, and outside of Anthony Davis, it seemed like they were a step slow last night, the Lakers, and fell behind by double digits at the end of the first quarter. They were down by, I think, nine at the half, or maybe it was 11, and then they just couldn't keep up. So... With the young legs of Memphis and Desmond Bain has gone off the last two games, even though game four was a loss for them, the Lakers need to close this out Friday night. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. If this goes back to a game seven in Memphis, the Lakers aren't winning, and Memphis is going to close this series out with three wins in a row. 
The Lakers have to win Friday night at home or they're done. Now, it bodes well for them because what I told you yesterday, Memphis has not won a road game all season that they were an underdog in. So, 0-16. And the Lakers overall have been playing really well. The Lakers have now won, what, 17 of the last 21 games? So, yeah, it's okay. You expected them to lose. They weren't. I, I would have been surprised if the Lakers beat the Memphis Grizzlies in five. Memphis is one of the better home teams in the NBA as well. I think they had the best home record. If I'm not mistaken, they're 35 and six at home, or maybe it was 34 and seven, something like that. But this series is Friday night. If the Lakers don't win Friday night, I don't think they can win a game seven on the road in Memphis because that game turns around and comes right back around on Sunday. They're going to play basically uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And the Lakers are the older team with the tired legs against that young Memphis team. And John Morant is just, he's incredible. He's incredible in the fact that he's literally fallen on his hand 16 times this series. It's obviously hurting, and yet the guy has no fear going to the basket. We'll still try and dunk on anybody. We'll still try and jump in the air and switch hands. And I, look, I love watching him play, but he can't sustain that for a whole career. He has to learn how to pull up and not just take everything in the basket where he can get undercut and fall on his hand again or land on his knee wrong, land on his ankle wrong. It's just you can't have your point guard doing that all the time. Couple times a game, yes, but it's literally every time he drives, he leaves his feet in the middle of the lane, and God knows what happened. It's just cross your fingers and hope he doesn't get hurt. But yeah, this series comes down to Friday night in LA. Now, getting to the just uh, one of the more unbelievable upsets we've ever seen in the NBA playoffs. And yes, it's not that the Miami Heat beat the Milwaukee Bucks, an eight seed beating a one seed. That's the sixth time it's happened in NBA history. I'll go over the other five right after I make this point. It's the fact that Miami beat them in five. What? I mean, you could have, outside of Miami sweeping them, nobody would have predicted in five. Yes, I understand. Giannis missed the last three quarters of game one all of game two, and all of game three. I get it. But the game that he didn't play in game two, they actually won. That was the only game they won, the one where Giannis never played. Every game that Giannis did play in, Milwaukee lost. Milwaukee had a 102-86 lead with 10 minutes left. Yes, 16 points is a big deficit, but with 10 minutes, it's not a cra- It's not like they were down 25 with 10 minutes left. They were down 16 with 10 minutes left. Certainly a game that Milwaukee should have closed out. I'm not saying they shouldn't have. But here you are, down 3-1. You're at home. Back's against the wall. They did what they needed to do. You get up 16 with 10 minutes left on your home court and you lose? Absolute choke job by the Milwaukee Bucks. And I would not be surprised. It's already all over Twitter. I would not be surprised if Mike Budenholzer lost his job over this. I know he won an NBA title literally two years ago, but I, I think this is going to cost him his job. I really do because this is uh, this is inexpl- this is 
unexplainable. Yes, if he saves his job, it's because the owners are going to say Giannis missed two and three-quarter games. That's what they're going to say. But the coaching was bad, never any defensive adjustments, and here's something that you need to know and why this is such a big upset. Yes, eight seed over a one, only six times in NBA history it's happened. Yes, Miami beat them in five, which is absolutely crazy. Here's the number one reason why Mike Budenholzer should be fired. Miami Heat were 25th in the NBA in offense this year. You know who has the best offense in the NBA playoffs this postseason? The Miami Heat. So the 25th ranked offense in the NBA beats you in five games and literally puts look at the look at the stats that Miami put up in this series. The point totals that they put up in this series. 130, 122 in a loss, 121, 119, 128 against the Bucks. I thought the Bucks were one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. It's okay to have a bad game in the playoffs, maybe even two, where it was just defensively, your rotation sucked or whatever. Miami owned them for five games. Their worst performance was scoring 121 on Milwaukee, and that's in the and that's and they beat them by 22 in that game. <laughs> no, sorry, 119, 114. Sorry, the last game, game four, where Butler scored 56, 119. That was the lowest point total that Miami that Milwaukee was able to hold Miami to. Are you kidding me? Absolute choke job. So, how many times has it happened? In the NBA history, in NBA history, six. First one, Nuggets beat the Supersonics in 1994, but that was a fi- best out of five series. That was when the first round was only you only had to win three out of five. 1999. This was after the lockout abbreviated season. The NBA season was only, um, I believe, 50 games that year, and the Knicks were the eight seed and beat the Heat, but they weren't really an eight seed, and it was a best three out of five. The first real big upset, 8 over 1, was in 2007. The Dallas Mavericks were a 67-win team coming off an NBA Finals appearance. They had made the NBA Finals the year before, lost to the Heat. They won 67 games, number one seed, best team in the West, and the Warriors with Baron Davis beat them. That was probably the biggest upset in NBA playoff history up to that point. In 2011, the Grizzlies beat the Spurs four games to two. And then in 2012, the 76ers beat the Bulls, but that was Derrick Rose's MVP year, and Derrick Rose blew out his ACL in game one, and they were the Bulls were basically done. He was the MVP of the league that year, and he got hurt in game one, and the Bulls beat them in six. So... I, I guess I guess this is this to me now is the best upset, the biggest upset in NBA playoff history because the other ones where it was a best out of seven and the eight beat the one, Warriors over Mavericks, Grizzlies over Spurs, 76ers over Bulls, those were all four games to two. Miami did it in five games. They beat the number one seed. They beat the best team in the East in five games. You can say, well, Giannis didn't play two and three quarters games. Yeah, he didn't. But the one game they did win, he didn't play. So, not saying he's not important to them, but did you see Giannis last night? He missed 13 free throws. 10 of 23 from the line. It's not going to do it. 
not going to do it, and I, I can't believe they are home. We've got Heat Knicks in round two in the Eastern Conference. And then assuming Boston closes out Atlanta tonight, Boston and Philly. Boston, Philly, Heat, Knicks. I mean, you talk about some old-school rivalries. That's going to be a fun, fun Eastern Conference playoffs. And then the last game of the night, Warriors did it again. 28 consecutive playoff series. They've won at least one road game. They've now beaten the Sacramento Kings three games in a row. Game six, back in Oakland, or excuse me, back in San Francisco, Friday night, the Warriors have are 14-1 and one in their last 15 home games. They have a closeout game at home. They've beaten Sacramento three in a row. It seems like they know what they need to do now. And you remember back on those first two games, while Sacramento did win both of them, I said it at the time, those were both coin flip games with two minutes left. I mean, they were one possession games, both of them with two minutes left, and Sacramento happened to win both of them. Now they've lost three in a row to Golden State, and most people expect Golden State to close them out on Friday. There's no guarantee they're going to. You never know. Sacramento can suck it up because Sacramento almost won game four in Golden State. They played them really well. But the story last night was three-point shooting. You saw what happened, right? In the first quarter, the Sacramento Kings were 8 of 12 from three-point range yet they only had a three-point lead. But shot well, 36 points, 8 of 12 from three-point range. Do you know what the Sacramento Kings were from three-point range the rest of the game? Two for 23. You hit eight three-pointers in the first quarter, and they made two the rest of the game. Well, that's just not going to get it done. (laughs) I mean, that is – I don't know if I've seen anything like that outside of when Houston – had game seven at home against the Warriors. Remember that? And they think during at some point during the game, they missed 36 threes in a row. Remember the Harden team? It was Harden and Trevor Reza and Eric Gordon. And it was like 36 in a row in game seven on their home floor. And they lost to the Warriors. But the Warriors do it again. And you know how much, do you know how much the NBA is salivating for Friday night? Lakers, Sacramento at Golden State is the first game. Then Memphis at Lakers is the second game. The only two games on Friday night. Both home teams can close out the series. And if they do, it is Lakers-Warriors round two. LeBron and Steph round two of the playoffs. I mean, you, the NBA is creaming themselves over the possibility of that. You know how bad they want that. It's... I think most people... I want to see it. Who doesn't want to watch LeBron and Steph in a series for possibly six, seven games? I mean, you'd be stupid not to want that unless you are a Sacramento Kings fan or unless you are a Memphis Grizzly fan. I get it. But I'm sorry. Most of America wants to see Lakers-Warriors in round two of the NBA playoffs. Denver-Phoenix... Good good series. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, Lakers-Warriors will dominate the headlines. It will get all the primetime television slots, as it should, because who doesn't want to watch two of the, two of the best 15 players in the history of the NBA 
uh, in an NBA playoff series. And one of them is a six seed and one of them is a seven seed. If that happens, Golden State has home court advantage as a six seed. Crazy. Oh, by the way, Miami was the even though they play in game, even though they've only had the play in game for three years, Miami is the first play in team to win a series. Lakers, if they beat Memphis in this series, will be the second team to do that. So that's never happened before. But like I said, it's only been around three years. And how about this stat last night from the Golden State game? Draymond Green had 21 points last night. That's the first time Draymond Green has had over 20 points in a basketball game since Christmas of 2019. Because Draymond doesn't score. He's not looking to score. Draymond is there to be a distributor. He's there to, when Steph gets doubled, basically run the offense when it's four on three. And... Always seems to make the right pass. Draymond played out of his mind last night. He was great. And defensively, getting his hands on balls, blocking shots towards the end of the game. He was, I mean, this is why he's so invaluable to the Golden State Warriors. He's he's so, he he is the heart and soul of their team. Steph, Clay, they're the flash. Andrew Wiggins has been a godsend because when he was in Minnesota, he never played as well as he got with the Warriors. He just, it's the right fit for him. You know, he's been so good for them, and I don't want to see this team broken up anytime soon. I just, I, I enjoy watching them, you know. I, I don't know how you can't. This is the way basketball should be played, and I'm not, nothing taking anyway from the Sacramento Kings. I love watching the Kings play. I love offensive basketball. And... De'Aaron Fox is a freaking stud. He's a star in this league. He's probably going to be second team all NBA. I wish, you know, he played with his fracture on his finger, but you could tell it affected him, especially at the end of the game. Dribbling, I think dribbling it hurt him more than shooting because he lost the ball a couple times on just basic dribbles. But Sacramento isn't going anywhere. They've got a really good team. They're going to keep this team together, obviously. And that that offense is just potent, and De'Aaron Fox is basically unstoppable. The only way you're going to stop De'Aaron Fox is just hope he has a cold shooting night because he can get any shot on the floor anytime he wants because he can get by anybody. He's super fast, and he just needs to improve his three-point shooting and shoot better percentage-wise from three-point range, and he will literally be a first, second, or third-team All-NBA probably every season for the rest of his career. How, how are you going to? Who else is going to be in that point guard wise, you know? So Warriors three in a row, 123-116 over the Kings last night, and they're looking to close it out on Friday. Like I said, they got the first game. I think it's at 7 Eastern, and then the Lakers tip off at 930 Eastern on Friday. And I just want to end with this. I'm going to switch up a little baseball here because this is kind of bizarre. Another great stat put out by Jeff Passan of ESPN. Do you know who the six division leaders are right now? We're basically <clears throat> one month into the season. Now, granted, it doesn't mean anything right now. You don't get a prize. You don't get an automatic bid to the playoffs for being in first place after a month. And I can guarantee you these aren't going to be the six first place teams at the end of the season. But have you looked at who the six first place teams are? Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Texas Rangers, Atlanta Braves, expected. Pittsburgh Pirates, Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> Those are your first place teams. 
in the six divisions in baseball. And the three best records in baseball, or three of the four best records in baseball, Tampa, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. Tampa obviously has the best record in baseball. They are 20-5. and five. The Baltimore Orioles are 16-8. and eight, And the Pittsburgh Pirates are 17-8. and eight. The only team that has a better record, or the same record, Atlanta Braves. So basically, Tampa Bay has the best record, 800 winning percentage, 20-5. and five. Great start. The Braves and Pirates, 17-8. and eight. They're playing 680 ball. Baltimore Orioles, 667. Have you looked at the payroll rank for three of those four teams? The Pittsburgh Pirates have the 27th highest payroll in Major League Baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays have the 28th highest payroll in Major League Baseball. And the Baltimore Orioles have the 29th highest payroll in Major League Baseball. And they have the three best records in baseball right now. Yes, it's only a month. Things are going to change. But... It, I, I, I love seeing statistics like that where you're just like, whoa, wait a second, huh? Like, I mean, I knew Tampa was doing well. I hadn't really looked at the standings. I had no idea the Pittsburgh Pirates were 17-8. and eight. I could probably name one player on the Pittsburgh Pirates, Andrew McCutcheon. And then they got a really good third young third baseman, Cabrian Hayes. No, oh, no I don't think his name is Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, see, I don't even know the name. It's, it's Cabrian something. That's it. That's all I know. I couldn't name you one pitcher on their team. I have no idea. But 17-8, and eight, leading the NL Central. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know all about it. We're going to be talking probably a little bit more. Only one NBA game tonight, Boston at Atlanta. Let's see. Maybe Atlanta can make it interesting. Win game six. Go back to Boston for a game seven. All the pressure would be on the Celtics. Atlanta would be playing with house money at that point. You never know. Nobody thought the Miami Heat would beat the Milwaukee Bucks in five. So I and twice in Milwaukee, you know, so who knows? It's been a great, great NBA playoff postseason so far. Absolutely loved it. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See ya!